AMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. Bryant Heating and Cooling. Whatever it takes. SC Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. And by Wingers. They're freaking amazing. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. By the way, after tonight, only one more of these coming up next week. So you make sure to get in here either tonight or next week. And uh, next week's show, remember, uh, because of Thanksgiving, will actually be uh, earlier in the week as well. So we got a lot to get to as Utah State plays a huge game coming up this weekend against Boise State. Coach, we'll spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, but let's revisit what really was a crazy game against Wyoming, and I kind of joked with you afterwards that those are the games, at least from my perspective, take about a year or two off your life. I can't imagine what it's like being on the sideline and watching uh, watching that game go right down to the wire with some of the ups and downs that you experienced throughout the course of that game. First of all, I'm a little bit uh, sad that you're kind of happy it's our no, no. second to last one. I thought I was delivering good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, another crazy game out of this team, yeah. and they've uh, – you know, those conference games, now it goes down to five conference games, basically gone down to right to the very end or very end of the fourth quarter to the last series, last drive. The Wake Forest game was the same way. And, uh, you know, this team has come up on top so many times in that setting. But it was, uh, you know, it's crazy the way that they just keep competing. They'll keep fighting. That's what you want on a team, and that's what you would expect from from, from an Aggie football team, right? I mean, that's what we all expect in Cache Valley yeah. and Utah State is those kids that keep competing, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, and they do, and they find a way to make some plays and, you know, win some games. But it's awesome to see the, you know, the production. And I told them this week, it's, it, it's let's, let's see if we can get one where we put it to offense, defense, special teams all together and, and see what happens on that one. But the, they found a way to pick each other up and win a bunch of games. And, you know, it's awesome for them again to, to get where they are for this big moment this week. How nerve-wracking is that for a coach, though, on a final drive? And, you know, I talked to, uh, you know, Eric Munoz after the game, and we'll hear from him coming up a little bit later on. Uh, but there's a moment there where the defense takes the field, and like, all right, one stop and it's over. And uh, they, they seem like they were playing with a lot of confidence. But from your perspective, what's that like? Yeah, it's, you know, they've fought so hard all day long, and it's going to come down to a play here or a play there, right? You just and, and you're so into it, just like the kids are in that setting. To you know, My, my job, obviously, is to manage the game at that point and yeah. try to make the best decisions that I possibly can if it comes down to timeouts or what have you and how many reps have they played and where they're at. And you know, Justin's calling the game, the defensive staff, coaching like crazy and um, so you don't really have a bunch of time to sit back and think about it but you know you get in those moments and you want the kids to just get the victory for them so hard because they fought and both teams did both teams battled like crazy they're both good football teams and uh, you know somebody has to win and but uh, when you're on when you're on the front end of that thing like we have been you know five times now this year in those settings it's a, it's an awesome feeling to uh for those kids and but it's it it's crazy it's nerve-wracking you're prepared for it as a coach you have to be prepared for it you train the kids for those moments and you know they've reacted and it doesn't always go your way but they've reacted and handled themselves in the right way to give themselves a chance and that's what you're looking for as a coach in that environment a team that'll compete has confidence and you can put them in the spots to get the best opportunity to win 
You know, after the game, talked to CLC Mariner, and he mentioned, and I apologize, uh, but but he referenced a, a GA that he said had him prepared for that game. And we talk about position coaches. We talk about, uh, you know, head coaches and coordinators and everybody else. But it really is a huge group effort to get a team ready to go for a game. No, it is. And you see how many people are actually in that office doing it. And we have some very, very talented young coaches um, in there in the GA spots. And, you know, when uh, – you know, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy them while we have them because a lot of yeah. young a lot of young men that are on this uh, staff this year they're going to get uh, you know other opportunities and that's okay that's uh, hopefully get coaching jobs with you've us, always been a big proponent of getting your guys jobs. there's no doubt and um, you know we won't we won't stay the same you, we won't stay the same on the staff you just it just won't happen yeah. and it's like I tell the seniors all the time and the team all the time this team will never be together again so enjoy it. and the staff's the same way uh, but we have some very talented young coaches um, you know and uh, I'm not gonna sit here and name them all but I just think they've done a great job and I want to support them and, and they've they've given Aggie Nation and they've given these kids everything they possibly can and, and they're smart they understand their role they work at it they take care of business they're not too proud to do anything they go out every single day and you know class check our kids and they do the grinder work but they're also right there uh, with a great opportunity to become better coaches and a lot of places young coaches and GAs they're just kind of you know go get stuff out of boys and whatever but not at our place we're, we're asking to be actively involved to help us be better and help Hope the kids be better. Not just coffee runs for these guys. No right? doubt. No, there's no there's no coffee runs. So you know they they may go. Uh, you know Al gives a pretty mean haircut, but uh, he gets paid pretty good for that too. <laughs> At least when he cuts my hair, he gets paid pretty good. I don't know about the the other guys, and you know so they may run out to get a bunch of breakfast burritos, but they'll probably get two or three uh, on their own on the on the trip. There so they come. do all right. They do they're, all right. They're coming out on top. <laughs> yeah, they do all right. Hey, uh, I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit because Jordan loved the first quarter. It, you know, it seemed like the offense was kind of stuck in mud a little bit and then there's the pick six the first play of the second quarter so you're down seven nothing and just like that it seems like the switch just gets flipped and he's nearly perfect the second quarter throws two touchdowns and you've got the lead going into break is there anything you can look at and identify this happened or this clicked what was it that allows all of a sudden everything the lights to come on in this offense just to take off like it did well i think the big the 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 first pick was a tremendous play. Yes, 100%. Um, you know, the second pick, it is what it is. They, they made a play and away they go and you have to battle back from it. And I, I don't, I can't really sit here and say I'm not that in tune as, you know, I'm not, I'm not the yeah. offensive coordinator. I can't sit here and say, hey, this was this or this was that or where we were going. But, uh, you know, I think Mike stayed the course as, as a coordinator. He stayed the course. I think Jordan stayed the course. I think they believed in what they were doing and what they were seeing. We knew it was a good defense. They showed some different coverages, which I think that goes to the respect of who we have running routes out there as wide receivers. They came in and they started to play some too deep coverage, which was not their MO. Um, so that's a different style to look at and took a little bit of time and the, the, the big pass and then split the safeties to COC down the sideline to really get us jump started. I mean, that's, that's Jordan and, and that's uh, Coach Sanford adjusting and COC Mariner and Jason Phillips adjusting uh, to what's going on and the type of uh, coverages are being played, so on and so forth. So, you know, it's just, it's again, I go back to it and I, I'm repetitive when I say this. It's just these kids hang in there, they keep on battling, keep on fighting, and they'll take some adjustments that come their way. Um, how many of those adjustments there were, I don't know. I'm not sitting on the sidelines with them, like I say, as they go through it, but the adjustments that were made were very good and they found a way to be able to score. And then the second half or second quarter, I mean, it, we got a bunch of yards. We got 300 yeah. yards or so at halftime, and so we uh, we carved up a really good defense in that setting. And then we, you know, we just it, it could have been a lot better. We just the red zone and the 
unforced errors, I would say, uh, if those can evaporate and become much less or become zero, all of a sudden you're going to see something pretty special, and that's what we're looking to get. You uh, you challenged uh, the offense, in particular the wide receivers, on getting out press coverage against a team like that. It seemed like they handled themselves well in that game. They did. Um, you know, and the disruption of the man coverage and the routes is always there, and there was times when we were able to make some huge plays, and I was really proud of uh, – you know, the way the receivers played and, and the way the line protected and gave Jordan enough time to be able to get the ball out. And Jordan did a great job of getting the ball out. And, you know, so did Henry when Henry got his opportunity. So it was a team effort in, uh, you know, getting up and, and dealing with the man coverage. And like I said also, I think it, it's a respect to really good players. And they're a really good defense. They're really good coaches. They had them uh, keyed up and ready to go. I don't think they were really excited about playing man coverage consistently, press man coverage without a free safety or with the free safety with COC out there. Um, I don't think they like that. And yeah. uh, it's forced them to play some cover two in those settings, which I would do the same thing. And, uh, you know, we were able to take advantage of it. But that's uh, that goes back to recruiting. You know, really good players make coaches adjust and, uh, you know, can kind of play left-handed, if you will, at times. And that's why recruiting is so important. <laughs> you uh, you know, it's one thing to always know as a quarterback that you're one – if you're a backup quarterback, you're one play away from going in. But it's another thing to actually be ready for it. How do you think Henry Columbia handled that situation? Good. You know, I think uh, I, I, I kind of wondered the first time when he pulled it on the first play, he was yeah. stumbling and rumbling and finding a way to get into a good spot. But he, you know, he made a play there, and then the throw he made to Jordan was very good. Um, you know, Henry is um, – I thought he was, he's excited to play, and he yeah. was ready for the moment to jump in there, and um, he's expected to, to do that. And, um, you know, he's a coach's kid, too. I think that always helps when you're in that setting. It's, a lot of people say that also, but it is true. I mean, his dad is a competitive, tough guy guy and um not that you have to be a coach's kid to be tough and competitive but it helps he's it been helps. in that environment and he's he understands the what what's expected of a backup quarterback to walk in there and and uh, come in and lead his team especially in a, in a critical critical time in a critical game See so, yeah, Gary Anderson coaches shows. We get you ready for a big one against Boise State. Uh, we'll shift gears and get you ready for Boise and talk about what to expect from the Broncos coming up this weekend as we are live here at the Wingers in Logan in the Cash Valley Mall. You're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield IMG College. Welcome all back. You're listening to Gary Anderson Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. We're live here at Wingers in Logan. Love for you to come by and hang out with us. All kinds of uh, great opportunities on some food specials as well as prizes. We do it every week. Uh, next week uh, will be the uh, final Coaches Show, and I'm really bummed out about that, Coach. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there I you feel go. better. Yeah. You running up and down the canyon 800 times a week with basketball, so you'll be all right. You should be in Jamaica right now. Uh, you know what? I would not have missed this one for uh, for anything. This is – this is what it, what it all comes down to. And you talk about playing meaningful games, Coach. You know, the radio play-by-play has got to be there for, for a game like this. This is That's true. almost for all the marbles here, man. <laughs> this is this is a big one. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And they've, they've uh, set themselves up for this spot. And I think we've yeah, – the good thing about it is that the preparation is exactly the same, which is yeah. I'm proud of these kids because, you, you know, I, I'm a big believer in as coaches and as players, there's not all of a sudden the secret agenda because it's a big game in November. There's not a, a – brand new agenda because you lose a football game there's there's tweaks and adjustments but you prepare and you get yourself ready the same every single week and these kids have done a great job with that and they've continued to do that this week and you know they're they're excited and i'm happy for them to be able to get in a moment and you know i never got to play in a game like this when i was in college you know when i got to the 10th it was 10th game then by the time i got to the 10th game when i played it was pretty much uh you know 
We're going to turn our helmets after this yeah. one, boys. This is the end of it. So. Yeah. That was a wrap. Make sure you turn in all your stuff to the trainers <laughs> exactly. on your way out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but do you, how important is it that you keep that routine? You know, because sometimes in a big game, sometimes you can make things bigger than they should be. Is it really important to stick to your routine even in big games like this? It absolutely is. You know, and then you throw on top of that senior day, and you know, senior yeah. day is something that's a, it's a, it's it's a little bit of it's a it's a mild mini celebration because these kids get to spend more time with each other. But at the end of the day, there's all those little things, and we, we talk about here's the plan for for senior day. You need to go out and you need to. Uh, the crowd is excited to acknowledge you and say thank you to you, and then we move on to the game. And but the same thing as you adjust throughout the year. You know what was a, you know what was a 18 period practice three months ago is now a 15 period practice you know it's uh, so you're always adjusting and being smart and how you compete and play against each other but the core stays the same and the goal is to get in a position to keep them physically and get them mentally ready to play and that's not rah rah that's not hip hip hooray that's not you know slapping each other on the head for 10 minutes and running out and playing football it's not there's a there's a sequence there's uh, there's a plan moving forward Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and you know Monday we start it Tuesday's a grinder it's a tough day it's a tough day mentally and physically Wednesday we back pretty much way back from what it was Tuesday Thursday is a, a polished day with a little bit more time on top of it um, and then Friday we come back out and we have a nice meetings and a nice clean jog through practice and uh, then we go at night and have the best Fridays in football which is a great time for these kids they go to bed and then they go play so and that doesn't change how much do you try to scale back as the season goes on or does it kind of depend on the year no, we definitely there's there's really a plan and it goes to me there's there's still three parts of the season, you know, there's it's a third and a third and a third and it's four, eight and twelve and so the first four you're getting after it and um it's easy to say that uh you know, by the time they get to that second four week stretch, these kids have been going not just for four weeks, yeah. they've been going since July. So you start to back off usually about game five or six, we start to ease off on a couple periods here and there. Um then once we get through eight, uh we always back off a little bit more to make sure we put them in a spot to be you know as successful as they can but I, I listen to the kids you know I meet with the leadership leadership committee every Thursday and the first thing is is you know what do you got for me guys um, and yeah I know we've talked about that before but that's a great setting for them to sit back and say coach and you know I don't want her to be too prideful to say coach our legs are tired or you know we've got this or we're banging too much or whatever it may be and um, I think that's an important voice for kids to be able to say because I'm not them I got them I see it yeah. I understand it I track the reps every day at practice and if if we get a, a outstanding amount of reps, then we adjust it. But uh, adjustments are there. Um, I think education for coaches to understand through the trainers. We track them. We have the tracking system, the catapult, where we can see those skill kids how much they're running. And all of a sudden, DT's running, you know, four miles at 18 miles an hour at practice. Well, you better be careful because on Saturday you're not going to have them there. So a lot goes into gauging those practices and I think that's experience as a coach to let them understand hey we are have your best interest in mind. Yeah. How crazy is that technology? It's as crazy. As opposed to what you had back in the day. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And and I only get the you know I'm I'm, I'm not smart enough to see it all with the strength yeah. guys see. I mean, but they know how hard the kids are pushing off, how they're you know changing direction. They can really see some fatigue that goes through and it's injury prevention too because we can, you know, if a kid gets hurt and all of a sudden we have a baseline on each one of the kids in our program and you know, you never want it to happen, but say he hurts his knee and or he sprains his ankle, but well, we can see when he's bouncing off one leg to the other leg to see how hard 
hard he's pushing off that leg, how he was when he was healthy, and how he is when he's coming back off an injury. Um, and that's it's very advanced stuff. Um, but but game day tracking is also important, and then just the fatigue of practice because our kids are prideful. They'll keep going. They'll do whatever yeah. we tell them to. But uh, you know the computer doesn't lie when you get in that spot, and you can see if a kid's loafing. If he's not running fast, you'll find out real quick. <laughs> hey, earlier in the week you were at this. Now no you're at this. Doubt. What's going yep. on? Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Boise State. Obviously, they do what Boise State usually does. They're nine and one, uh, but it's been a rough go at it. I mean, they've they've had some battles this year. Wyoming took them into overtime the week before you played Wyoming, uh, and they've gone through a bunch of quarterbacks. Uh, last week, the third string quarterback went out, and all he did was become Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, but do you prepare for three of these guys going into this, and does it adjust who they are offensively between the three? Yeah, first of all, uh, I don't think it changes them much you know that little bit of style here and there whatever it may be but nothing that you would identify and say hey we're going to game plan different so nothing different on the game plan at all regardless of who the quarterback is um you know he's all three of them are really good players all three of them have won games obviously and done some good things for the team and so whoever they put out there is going to be the best guy for them that they believe to to win the football game Boise's a a very talented team um they're very they're very deep. You know, I think one of the biggest things I see with Boise is you, know, you, you go through the year and you see people take some shots and some shots and injuries, which everybody does. And sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less as you go through yeah. the year. Um, but their ability to, you know, have the kind of the, the next guy up and be quality on the next guy up and not have a big drop off is, is, a, is a big difference. And they've had a little bit about that, a little, little bit of that on the offensive line even last week. Now that the guys come back and play, I don't know. But I know the other kids that came in and played were really good players. Um, so that just, it, it speaks to their ability to recruit um, you know at a good level and sustain and maintain what they've done and it's uh, they're a quality program um, good players and you know we're excited to compete against them it seemed as if uh, going into the season they had uh, I think it was 10 straight years of 1,000-yard rushers on yeah. that team. And it looked like, oh, well, this might be the year that they maybe go backwards on that a little bit. But they've got a guy who back is on pace for 1,000 yards yeah. once again yeah. as a true freshman. Sure, with the bowl game, he'll probably, he'll, yeah. he'll probably get that or maybe he'll get it before. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player. And, and they, that's their identity. They want to be able to be a physical team. I think they understand that when you're in this conference and you're in that setting and, you know, you, there's going to be times when you need to be able to run the football with physicality. And uh, they do a lot of shifts and formations and cause you some problems and you know it's uh, it, they do the right things to cause you problems on on the uh, defensive side of the football and you know they're built and they're equipped to be able to uh, win in whatever weather it may be whatever comes their way and I think that's uh, you know it's uh, again they understand the the complete environment how to completely stabilize a program and give them a chance to be in this spot year in and year out and that's that's what you want to be you know it's funny and just let people behind the scenes so the sports information department will send out these game notes every week and they're supposed to be updated with uh, two deeps and stuff. Now, you guys can do whatever you want on your two deep because there's not some like the NFL where you have to go questionable, doubtful, all that mm-hmm. other stuff. This is the same depth chart they had at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. Like they haven't adjusted one bit, nor should they, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have to, you know, they still have Bach Myers, their starting quarterback, yeah. and uh, and Weaver, and, and I know Weaver's a little banged up, and who knows if he'll go, but it just goes to show you that you guys have an interesting battle here trying to judge who's going to be out there on the field yeah. and who's not. Probably you get to the point where you're just like, look, let's just prepare for the team. Yeah, we're, we're much the same. I'm not interested in changing depth charts unless a young man is out for, you yeah. know, the season. I'm sure their, their, their program's probably different when they play at home 
or whatever. But yeah, it's that's uh, uh, we don't obviously don't pay much attention to that depth chart. But it is a cat and mouse game, and and I think it's uh, it's part of the strategy, you know, yeah. uh, because because you can. Why would I say anything about a young man going to play or not going to play? Because it is strategy. Whether it changes a team or whether it doesn't change a team, it's it's nobody's business but our own business within our with our own world. That uh, you know who's going to play in that football game. Gary Anderson, Coach's Show. We're live here at Wingers. Love for you to come by. Coming up here in a few minutes, we'll allow you to ask some questions as well and uh, and uh, get your thoughts on this upcoming game. But, you know, one thing about, uh, you know, going back to Chris Peterson, going back before him, and yep. certainly now with Brian Harson. Boise State, always a very disciplined team. They don't make a lot of self-inflicted mistakes out there. there there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, they've uh, – it's just that that's kind of their M.O., right? And they yeah. have uh, – uh, you, you look at them, you say, we want to run the football. We want to be tough on defense. We're going to play good in front seven offense defense. We're going to throw in two or three trick plays a game for you, by the way, just in case we think we can get you. We might have five. We yeah. might have two. We might have one. Um, and those are all very, very good, you know, identities to be able to have. And, you know, I have a, a ton of respect for that program way back when it was Coach Peterson. And, you know, I spent a lot of time when uh, when he was, he was there communicating and all the with the transition to Washington and you know Harsons has come in done a nice job and they keep their identity so it's uh, they play football the right way and I think there's a lot of teams in this conference that really do play football the right way that team we played last week Wyoming they play football the right way they want to win the line of scrimmages and you know if they can do that you're going to have a problem and, and Boise is they're very prideful in that like you said all those thousand yard rushers that doesn't happen just by accident yeah. um, it's a stabilized program and you know year in and year out but when you get a chance to compete against them on this stage it's a tremendous opportunity and we're very excited about it just as I'm sure they are you know I want you one of your concerns about Wyoming was being able to run the ball against that defense and I think uh, you know based on you know the the miss snap on the one yard line yes. and, and the big sack took away from a really in my opinion against that defense a really good rushing day statistically yeah. I thought you ran the ball pretty well yeah we if we don't have those two you know one was 25 yards and the other was whatever but you did have them and so those those count against yeah, you but at the end of the day uh, you know we did we got some creases inside we just you know where we have to be able to improve is, is, is again doing all you can to help your kids be in the spot to be able to succeed and in the short yardage run game we have, it's, it's not been good and our ability to get into the red zone all year long and get into the red zone in that situation uh, with the spread offense is difficult throughout the country and it's difficult here right now it's very difficult so we have to find a way to be dynamic uh, for this year's team and continue to help them get better in that spot because they're going to need to be able to be better in that spot against Boise um, and as we continue through this year and then we have to make sure that we look and say okay how can we get this offense to be you know top third in the country minimum yeah. in red zone percentages and we're not there right now um got a long ways to go we won't get there this year regardless of what happens but uh you know moving forward that has to be an emphasis to say that's got to be productive and boise every year they're going to get in there and you know pound the rock and play action pass and do some things to cause you some problems and a lot of different looks um so we'll improve it and i think we've got some good things this week that'll help us in there the coaches have done a nice job of adjusting and working on it so hopefully uh, we see progress defensively i thought you guys have been better over the last several weeks too in in holding 
uh, you know, making teams kick field goals or getting stops in the red zone uh, yeah. against offenses. And I agree. There, there's some really the interesting things that go into a few of those plays that were made on defense that Kevin made the play that, that Kevin made on the fourth down on the one yard line. Yeah. That's that's football knowledge and athletic ability. OK, there, there's he, he, he saw that and he identified that and it was an empty set and he looked at it and he'd seen it and he had some recall and gave him an opportunity to be able to know where those defensive linemen were. And he scraped over the top and, and made a great play. You know, yeah. we, we've never run that play in practice ever. No, but he's seen nothing like that in practice. And that's just a young man uh, making a play in the moment where he needs to because he's reading his keys and he's playing instinctive like a good inside linebacker does. And, and it made a tremendous play. I think we're seeing more of that on defense where it's not just, oh, well, we had to see it six times in practice. They're going to do some things you've never seen before. But if you stick to you know your core and you communicate and you talk, and that's one of the things that these two kids that you're going to talk to tonight, the, they're great communicators with each other out there on the field. And I think that's become contagious over the last couple of weeks with the defense to say, hey, you know, it's uh, – don't 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 just shut your mouth if you see something yeah. let's talk about it and see it and i think that's happening in the meeting rooms and that's just maturity it, it's maturity understanding what you're looking for um on the defensive side of the football one thing that always that stood out to me in particular about that play is you know you can scheme it right you can instinctually know where it's at and and be where you need to be and then when the collision happens it's about who's the tougher hombre There's right no there. Yep. You know, yep. it's one yard. Who's going to get it and who's going to get the stop? And I thought that was impressive. Too. It was a great play. And, you know, Eric was there to help clean it up on the backside. Yep. And so it was, uh, you know, the week before it was those kids making it on, uh, you know, third and one there against yeah. uh, Fresno to give us a chance. And so, there, uh, you know, we had some – I thought the defense played with, with more violence. At the end of the day, football is a violent sport. And, uh, you know, that, that's why they have on, you know, helmets and shoulder pads. And, and we've played with definitely more violence, especially, I think, in the back end with the two safeties they they want to smack you um and they're they're excited when they get the opportunity to uh to make a difference with some physicality take a break come back your chance to let your voice be heard if you got questions for coach you'll have a chance to ask him coming up next we're live here at wingers it's the gary anderson coaches show from learfield img college Welcome on back. It's the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers. If you got a question for the coach, raise your hand, and uh, Ajay will run a mic out to you, and we'd love to hear from you if you got some thoughts on the team and uh, thoughts on uh, the game coming up against Boise State. Again, we'd love to be able to uh, uh, get your voice and get your thoughts. Hey, one thing, and you and I talked a little briefly about this. You know, there's some story in the news about kids trying to deal with social media and, and uh, what it's like after making mistakes in a game. And I know you're not Twitter guy. You're not uh, you're not social media guy. But how, how I mean, how do you handle that as a coach trying to tell your players, hey, it's OK to insulate yourself from that and not deal with that? Yeah, it's, I think there's definitely discussion that needs to take place. I, I just tell them, you know, my theory is, is. Yeah, I don't even really have an email, so I, I don't I don't have any of that stuff. So yeah, you as, do. as little it's, as I possibly can. Zach.nightwork <laughs> at you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that means I don't have an email. So, um, but I, I just tell them, you know, me personally, I don't need those distractions. If it's yeah. positive, I don't need them. If it's negative, I don't need them. I think they need to learn to, you know, uh, that reinforcement. But these kids have grown up in that world of instant dra- gratification or instantly dragging somebody down and you know there's the, the things that go into that are just you do need to educate them and you do need to let them understand that if you opt to do that and it throws your mind off in any way shape or form um 
you're not putting yourself in the best spot that you can to be an athlete or to be a student athlete yeah. for school or anything else. So we definitely talk about it. I encourage them to not have it. I, you know, I'm still convinced in my life, and it'll probably never happen, but I'm still convinced that Twitter is a fad. Uh, and I'm hoping it's like Beanie Babies. It'll eventually it'll go away. I don't know if this one's going away. <laughs> well, I'm, that's, that's my own little theory. So I hope. Probably wrong, but I'm just saying. Uh, but it is. It's hard. It's very difficult. And the deal last week is, is extremely hard. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's the way people communicate. It's the way kids communicate, whether we like it or not. Um, but it doesn't need, you know, to be vicious. And you better be prepared to just understand when it doesn't go your way or when somebody's patting you on your back, you just better take it as a, as a way of life, right? And that's why I choose my personal self to not, not get involved with it. But, uh, you know, the kids are not going to do that. So it, it's hard. I, 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 I don't do it but I just can really see how difficult it could be on the good side and on yeah. the bad side. You know, puff your own chest up, you get blown up, you're great, you're great, you're great, and then all of a sudden, nope, you stink. Yeah. Um, that's hard for kids to deal with. I'm spacing his name, the uh, the former coach at Fresno. Is it Tim DeRuder? Is that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I remember talking to him once at a Mountain West Conference media day that he had a returning quarterback, that he was ready to take the reins and be the guy, and and uh, the kid quit. Just said, you know what? I'm I'm getting too much blowback on social media. I, I'm not in a good place right now mentally, and yeah. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. And just quit the sport. Yeah, and, and that's another part of the whole thing in the world now today is you know just that whole mental awareness side of of, of sports and athletics and kids as a whole, not yeah. just sports and athletics. Being a being a college student, being a high high school student, there's a lot of stressors that are out there, and you know. It, 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 you have to talk about all those things with the kids. It's, it's social media. There's stress there, but there can be. Now, it can overwhelm them. It can get them to not perform socially, academically, athletically, and all, all those things. That and, and we are, you know, just like I always say, we, we talk about it. We If we have deficiencies, we have issues. I tell these kids all the time, who's the most paranoid head coach in the country? I'll raise my hand and say, you're looking at it. That's me. I will say some weird things to you a lot of times because if I feel it, I'm going to say it, and I hope it's wrong, but yeah. I'm going to at least address it. and. Um, with kids, you know, uh, I think that's a real important part of today's world for these kids is to, you know, talk about it. Because so many things they like to punch buttons about it. They don't like to talk about it. And yeah. we want to talk about it. I love it. Gary Anderson on the uh, Coaches Show. If you've got a question, raise your hand and uh, Ajay will run a mic out to you. But, you know, one thing that, uh, speaking of Twitter, I had a, a question coming in on Twitter during the game that asked about uh, illegal man downfield and, and R- R- RPOs and how difficult that is for an offensive lineman. You and I, I host a show with Hans Olsen, and he yep. talks all the time. He played a little O-line in the NFL and said he'd, he'd have a – hell of a time trying to play an offensive lineman in an RPO system. Yeah. Um, how difficult is that for, for linemen to kind of adjust what's going on and where to be at the right time in a place like that? Well, I agree with hands on that. I mean, I, that was my position playing center, and I can't imagine saying, hey, let's run block this guy right here and uh – you know, um, by the way, don't don't knock him off the ball and declete him and, uh, you know, put your face on him anymore because when he's on the ground and rub him in the dirt a little bit, because if you do that, you're going to get a penalty. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard for me to be able to deal with and understand. Um, you know, if you go back to like Wake Fair, Wake Forest, that's whole their, their whole mindset on the RPO is to do the scrum. Right. So there is nobody downfield. And that's one way to do it and counteract it. But it's it's difficult. Um, not all our run. Not all our plays are RPOs, obviously. And there's a time those offensive linemen can tee off. But they need to know when it's an RPO, you know, where that where that three yard barrier is, and there's eyes on there. It's definitely a center of attention, and um, it it's it is difficult. And I think Coach Woods does his best to be able to teach it and help those kids understand it. And these kids are tuned into it pretty well. But as with as young as we are, you know, um, it's just got to be practiced and and keep 
going through the, the scenarios of they know that is the RPO. Now, when it breaks like it did on that one, the big play we're talking about where Jordan made an amazing throw and um, the, we're downfield, that play takes so much time with the offensive linemen aren't expecting the quarterback to break out and break yeah. the pocket that that's almost impossible to not have that happen. Uh, we've got a question over here. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Coach, just wondering, uh, you talked about some of the adjustments the Wyoming made during the last game playing defense, the two deep that you weren't necessarily expecting. How much of those in-game adjustments do you kind of take responsibility for and say, hey, I'm seeing this, let's make this adjustment? And how much do you just trust your staff to recognize it and, and go with, uh, with the changes that they feel that they need to make? Oh, that's, that's, that's trust in the staff. If I see something that I, that I think would be a factor, um, which quite frankly happens rarely, um, you know, the game management is a big part of what I'm trying to do in that setting and make sure that part of it is right, uh, not necessarily adjust or change a scheme. If there's a scenario situation, those guys are really good coaches. You know, they've seen all the film all the week, all week long on both sides. Um, you know, if I'm more involved with one side of the ball or something like any assistant coach would to help the coordinator, I would speak up and say something. But, uh, you know, in those settings, uh, very little of that takes place, and, and I don't think it needs to because I think we have a great coaching staff and um, a lot of those things we talk about during the week. But, uh, you know, their, their ability to coach and adjust and change that, um, they most time don't need me to do that mm. uh, another question go ahead sir yeah I just had a question I know you're not going to say who's starting at quarterback mm -hmm. but let's let's say love can't go okay do you change the game plan, plan a lot or is it fairly similar to no matter who's who's going very much the same um, you know if, if one quarterback has a little bit no, more ability for uh, certain types of throws uh, there may be some slight adjustments that probably wouldn't be um, noticeable if you just watch the game. Um, you know, Henry's legs we would use more if he was the quarterback, just like if Andrew was the quarterback at that point, um, or if Cooper was the quarterback or Josh was the quarterback, we may, you know, run a little bit more with one guy, um, have more RPOs where they had a chance to be able to pull it as a quarterback and make that defensive end slow down a little bit. Uh, but as far as just noticeable in this game, no, we'll expect to look very much the same, whether it's Henry or whether it's uh, Jordan. And by the way, it's definitely going to be. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> hope you're rolling yeah, back you there. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was funny because I was on the air in Boise and I was doing the same thing. I'm like, just, just say, who's your quarterback? Come on, let's go. Uh, all right, so one thing I wanted to ask you about, there's a guy on that defensive line for Boise State, Curtis Weaver, who's got 12 and a half sacks through, uh, through 10 games, uh, a little banged up, but not necessarily talking about that, but just him as a player. He's, he's one of those special players that you have to plan for when you're putting a scheme together. He is. Um, I thought he was really good and um, hadn't seen him play a lot this year. We haven't crossed a lot of paths with Boise on film. But watching him this year, he's uh, he's a game changer, and he'll be. It sounds like he's going to be a definite first round pick. He's supposed to like 15 or 16 right now on the boards. Um, so that'll show you and tell you how good he is. He's uh, he's a big time player. Um, and you know the th the thing I notice about the kid too, and, and to his credit, is he plays hard. He plays physical. He plays tough. You know, he wants to sack the quarterback. He wants to make plays, but he plays the game the right way. I mean, there's a times when you know he's going to get in there and he's going to grab a guy and pick him up and get him back where he needs to be and you know, if it's if it's a quarterback, he's not looking to take some cheap shot on it. He wants to get the sack and play and help his team the right way and play with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. But he, he plays the game the way that you would want a big-time player to play it, and I'm sure his team, you know, feeds off of him. But he's 
he got all the talent in the world, and you'll be watching him play on Sundays for a whole bunch of years. Before I let you go, uh, coming up next, Kevin Metzenheimer and Eric Munoz is going to join us. Uh, how much fun was, in case people didn't see it on Twitter or other social media uh, areas, uh, Eric was awarded a scholarship earlier in the week. Yep. That's got to be the highlight of highlight of a season for you it absolutely to be able is. to reward yeah. a young man like that. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is, and he's a, he's a great kid. He's you know he's he's never batted an eye, and I, I always just fought. And you know you learn about special relationships that kids have, and you know Eric's said that about his relationship with Kevin, and that's why they're both here tonight. It's a, it's a special thing, but to be able to do that, I I got a little spot in my heart for that too you know I mean I was I walked on and I remember that girl right there looking at me and saying you're going to go play college at uh, Rick's Junior College where's that and I'm going to go walk on and my dad saying you are crazy but I'll still pay for it I was like thank <laughs> you dad so um, it, it all worked out so for, for me and it's awesome to see it work out for him And but to see those kids faces and, and not just Eric's but to see the whole team in that setting and I'm sure everybody that's uh, in here or listening actually saw that video and it's uh, those times are priceless because it's 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 life-changing and when you can have the opportunity just be a small part of a life-changing situation for a kid it makes it all worth it and uh you know he'll he's and he's not just an athlete now he's a student athlete and he's going to be very successful wherever he takes himself you know through life as he goes through football but we're excited we get him for the rest of this year and obviously for a, a whole season next year Coach, good luck. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Go Aggies. Gary Anderson right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. You'll hear from Eric Munoz, Kevin Metzenheimer coming up next. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaching Show. We're live here at Wingers. Time for our player profiles. We get a chance to chat with some of the student athletes here at Utah State. And uh, certainly a, uh, a, a big weekend for these, uh, these two young men. <laughs> Kevin Metzenheimer, as well as Eric Munoz, kind enough to join us. And uh, Eric, let's start with you, man. Uh, let's talk about, uh, obviously, getting your opportunity and making the most of it. Uh, but tell us about your path that brought you here to Utah State, because I know it was kind of a, a winding path to end up here. Yeah, so coming out of high school, um, originally I was going to go play football at Upper Iowa University. It's a small D2 um, in Fayette, Iowa. That's a ways away. Yeah, I was there. Um, I was originally a red shirt. Uh, kind of same thing as here. A couple guys went down. They ended up pulling my red shirt. Kind of similar story to here. I got my first start, played pretty well. Uh, second start, I think I had like 12 or 10 tackles and interception. I was like our conference defensive player of the week. Yeah. Um, and then after that, some of those other older guys that uh, that were starting at the beginning of the season came back, got healthy. So I didn't really get many minutes after that. Um, I guess I kind of wanted a little more of a challenge for myself or I guess to see if I could kind of play at a higher level and it kind of wasn't the best fit for me, I guess. So gave up my scholarship there um, and I went to play junior college ball at San Diego Mesa College. Um, kind of like Coach Anderson was saying, my parents thought I was crazy. <laughs> giving up some scholarship money to go out there and basically pay out of pocket. Um, I had a job while I was playing out there the whole time. You know, you got to pay for rent and all that stuff. So... Um, academically, I was doing well in school, but the way the credits transfer when you go from university to a junior college back to university, I couldn't leave really about halfway um, through the summer. So a lot of schools that were talking to me weren't really interested. I couldn't get there for spring ball. I couldn't be there for summer workouts, and I was going to basically get there halfway through uh, fall camp. So I originally committed to New Mexico State, 
Um, and then Coach Collins, who's the linebackers coach at the time, gave me a call. Spot opened up, um, and it just ended up working out. I thought it was a good fit. Um, and I just liked – I think one of my favorite parts about Utah State is I think how everybody kind of cares about each other. Yeah. Um, you could see how happy my teammates were for me um, when I played well as well as when I got on scholarship. Um, they're almost more happy for me than I was for myself. Yeah. So I think that was uh, a big thing that attracted me here. And then I think the guys here just work really hard, um, kind of earn everything they get. So, Kevin, uh, let's talk about you and your process to get here to Utah State. I know you've been here for a minute. Uh, what was it about Utah State that really attracted you and, and this is, said, this is where I want to go play college ball? Um, just the people. I feel like coming here, I felt like it was home. Everybody accepted me and the coaching staff accepted me. So didn't want to go anywhere else. So it sounds like when this guy shows up on campus, you you welcome him and the rest of the team welcome him in with open arms, and you guys have been genuinely just rooting for each other all season long. Yeah, he's a goofball. <laughs> so, love the guy. So uh, how proud were you when, when when the announcement's made that he gets he gets to be on scholarship? What's that like for you personally? Uh, I was really proud of him because I knew he deserved it. He was waiting for a long time, got his chance, made the most of the opportunity. And I kind of felt like it was coming because deserved it. I want to talk about you specifically, though. You know, everybody has talked about how you're kind of the quarterback of the defense out there on the field. You're the one that making the calls. You're the one making sure guys are where they need to be. How much responsibility is that for you? And how, how, how difficult of a task is that for you? Uh, honestly, this last game, it wasn't that difficult because of him because he knows just as much as me, maybe even more, and made the job a lot easier. It was 50-50. So before, it was a little bit harder, but with him there easy no big deal huh yeah what was it that allowed you guys to be successful against wyoming what was it about that, that allowed you guys to take that next step defensively against that team um film just watching so much film and uh when we get out there we talk everything we see everything we do we talk it so communication take me through that that uh that fourth and one coach mentioned it here uh and said you know look that's that, that's a guy that just knows where he needs to be from your perspective what what went on on that play and what allowed you to make that stop well we're in a pretty good call anyway but they did that play against us against fresno and i would i didn't stop at that time so they did it again i'll get it this time eric yeah you cleaned up a little bit on that too what was it like from your your angle yeah kind of like what kevin said we're in a pretty good call for what they tried to run um, and I think, like Kevin said, we had seen it before. And obviously, if, you know, a team a week before does something that we can't stop, we're probably going to see it again. So, like Kevin said, he sniffed it out, and I was right there behind him. But I didn't really do much. He made the tackle, just kind of laid on top of the guy. <laughs> just tried to get a little bit of the glory yep. there for a second. Yep. Hey, uh, so uh, talk about the uh, two interceptions. Give me the play-by-play of uh, the first one and the second one. Because uh, the second one everybody talks about, the first one was a heck of a play as well, though. Um, the first one, honestly, same thing Kevin was saying. Like, Coach Ennis just keeps putting us in really good positions to make plays. Yeah. And I think at that point, it just comes down to you making the play. Um, he got caught by a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Quick out. Um, saw where the quarterback was looking. It was my coverage anyway. I can't even lie. It was kind of an underthrown ball. Yeah. Um, got the opportunity to make the play. Kind of got hawked down a little bit. Should have. Should have finished in the end zone, but I don't know. Maybe they should have reviewed that. Maybe you did get it in there. No, can't lie. I was, I was a little bit short. I've been getting some crap for a little while from my teammates for that. But what? If, and uh, talk us through the second one, the one that ended the game. Second interception. Um, 
trying to keep everything in front of you late in the game. You know, you don't want to get beat by a receiver behind you. So I just made sure I got good depth um, related to my coverage pretty well. And then kind of silly for him to throw across his, uh, across his body like that yeah. late in the game. So ball, ball kind of came right to me, just had to catch it and take a knee. Kevin, uh, I asked Eric about this after the game, uh, but I want to ask you as well. What's it like for a defense when the team has to go 75 yards, you're up by five, and and you need to make that stop? Is that something that, as a defensive player, that you're like, all right, let's go. Let's have some fun here. Yes, of course. We always rather have it in our hands. Yeah. And we have a great D-line. We have Tipa. So, I mean, pick so you, your poison. You guys had no doubt whatsoever you were going to get that stop. Yeah, of course. I love it. I love it. All right, so let's talk about Boise State. Uh, what jumps out at you on film when you watch this team? Uh, the quarterback. I actually think he's really good. Number nine, he's really good. He uses feet really well. So, And their receivers, they like to throw it to him, one-on-one situations, have them make plays. What do you got to do, Eric, to come out of there with the W on Saturday? Um, I think it really comes down to just all 11 people doing their job. Um, if you pay attention to the film, I think Boise does a really good job schematically. A lot of their route concepts are difficult to cover. Um, they obviously run the ball well. So it just takes one guy to kind of screw up and cover. It takes one guy to pop out of his gap um, in any kind of run fit. So I think if we do basically what we did against Wyoming, it's just all 11 of us trusting each other. Yeah. Um, no one's trying to do something outside of the scheme to make a play. Everybody does their 111th, and I think we'll be successful. Well, these are the games you guys – you know, you guys wait for all summer long and all season long. You know, a division titles on the on the line, perhaps a chance to play in a conference championship game. Kevin, this is as good as it gets, is it not? Yeah, of course, because, I mean, last year we came up short. And this year I have a I, – I get to be a, a big part of this game, so I'm going to give everything I got for my seniors. Awesome. Gentlemen, thanks for stopping by. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Eric you. Munoz, Kevin Metzenheimer. Remember, game coming up, 8.30 start time on Saturday. Pre-game show will begin at 7.30. For Gary Anderson, Kevin Metzenheimer, Eric Munoz, uh, for Ajay making it, keeping us on the air, I'm Scott Gerard. Enjoy the game coming up on Saturday right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. On the Aggie Sports Network, this has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by Ford. Go further. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Wingers. They're freaking amazing. And by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.